not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture, movies and TV shows. My name is Sam and with me, as always, every week is the skipper of this cruise. It's Chris. Howdy doodle. Howdy do. How are you? Howdy do. I'm good, thanks. It's uh, it's all good in the hood. It's all good in the How hood. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm a lot better that we're not recording this the day the, the day before the episode goes out. Uh, we've got a little bit of time. We don't need to edit it tonight. I've been given an extra 24 hours, so... There we go. <laughs> a whole entire 24 hours. And you know what, Chris? It's Sod's Law that there'll be tons of, like, really exciting news dropping across uh, probably. tomorrow. And that we're going to miss it all. But... It, it was really annoying because last week after we recorded, it was only a matter of hours until the Venom trailer dropped out of nowhere. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, we did not talk about that last week. I mean, we pretty much recorded the Sunday night before the episode went out on the Monday morning, so there really wasn't a lot of uh, time for us to be able to catch it and talk about that. But, um, as always, we chat about what we've been watching, and I'm going to really quickly just polish my bit off, and all I've watched today is what we're talking about. Have you watched anything else? (laughs) <laughs> so you watched Jungle Cruise. Did we say that we're talking about Jungle Cruise? No, we're not. We didn't say we're talking about Jungle Cruise, but I think the skip... <laughs> we're talking about Jungle Cruise. Jungle is Cruise. the name of the episode. And we're not talking about the ride at Disney World. We're talking about the film Jungle Cruise. Yes. Which was a lot more exciting than the ride. <laughs> I didn't even... So really, it actually gives us something to talk about. I honestly, like, didn't even know that the Jungle Cruise was a ride. Like, yeah. it's not like it's bloody... Um, Thunder Mountain or whatever, you know what I mean? It's Big like, Thunder Mountain. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's that's the staple for me. <laughs> or the other one. It's the only one that you know the name of. <laughs> There's another one where it's the um you're in the western part of the Disney it's all at Disneyland Paris. That's so. that's Big Thunder Mountain. That's Big Thunder Mountain. Well what's the yeah. one where you, you're in the sci fi bit and you shoot up the uh That's Space Mountain. Oh bloody hell. And then there's Jungle Mountain <laughs> and then there's bloody Wait wait until I tell you this. There's a log flume wrong. Uh, guess what's that one called? Uh, log flume. Log Mountain. <laughs> Splash Mountain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They've got plenty of mountains in that one park. Oh, God. Have you, anyway, well, have you watched anything else have, other than Jungle What have Cruise? I been watching? Yes. Um, I watched the Grand Tour's latest special called Lockdown, which is set in Scotland when the pandemic hit. Oh, right. um, About Loch Ness. Ve- yeah, yeah. They were driving between all the locks, weren't they? So Lockdown was a pretty funny name considering it's all in Scotland. It was it was a right bloody good time. It was classic Grand Tour action. And then I ended up watching Richard Hammond's The Great Escapists, which is him and Tony, I can't remember his surname, from Mythbusters, get stranded on a desert island and then they end up just like building a load of shit from the shipwreck and stuff like that so that they can survive on the island. It's it's alright. It's heavily scripted. Like, it's this fake documentary thing, like, they've been stranded on this island, so they're giving, like, interviews after the fact, like, they've been found by police officers or something from a neighbouring country or something. Oh, yeah. And it's, I, don't, it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird, but... <laughs> 
the builds are cool. Yeah, <laughs> the builds are really cool. So yeah, did that come up I on your? Like su- watched- did that come up on your suggested after you had watched the Grand Tour by any it chance? It did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it did. So I just had a little chill at Amazon Prime Day. I feel like I've watched something else, but I cannot remember what what it is. So fuck it. Well, <laughs> I watched Jungle Cruise. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't have been anything worth uh, remembering to talk about. So no. But I mean, we have had some. I mean, maybe we didn't watch very much, but. We've had some tasty little news snippets drop recently, haven't we? Um, Ooh, we've had some big news. I want to move straight on and chat about the photos from the set of Love and Thunder, the Thor mm. 4 Love and Thunder. The Thor. The Thor 4. The fourth Thor. The Thor 4. Anyway, Christian Bale, he was uh, in his all-in costume as Gore the God Butcher, wasn't he? Yeah, so he's he's lost over sixty pounds. He shaved his head completely, and he is head to foot in bleach white makeup, wearing an all white robe, looking just bizarre. <laughs> but that's Christian Bale in most of his roles nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. Now I do I do wonder whether or not there is going to be much like CGI work. Oh, obviously there's going to be tons of CGI work on like his like his abilities and stuff. But I wonder if there's going to be much CGI work in terms of like how they change his face because Gore the God Butcher is a bit Voldemort looking, isn't he? He's like not got a nose or whatever. He's a bit like... I've literally just grabbed my issue of Thor the God Butcher off my shelf and yes, he very much looks like Voldy Voldy Voldemort. Yeah, so he doesn't look much like Voldemort on this. He just looks like a... A bleached Christian Bale, really, doesn't he? Yeah, it? they might they might CGI his nose off, but I think he's also meant to have like a bit of a head tentacle. I'm just flicking through. I'm trying to remember if I'm right or not. Because uh, you can't see that on that image, but whether they're going to do some post-credit. Yeah, he's got like two tentacles, like almost like ears, like a Twi'lek almost. Yeah, it looks a bit like, um, like a man in a dress, to be fair, on this <laughs> photo that I'm looking at. It's probably four, four man in a dress. Yeah, it probably is going to look a lot better after the fact. But um, yeah. yeah, it's very, very, uh, very weird, very strange looking. This might just be like his first version as well. Like that might be him when he's on his home planet or something when shit goes tits up. Because later on, he he gets a bit of a black cloak and stuff like that, which will be a bit more striking on screen, won't it? Instead of all white having like some black accents, especially if he gets. Uh, the Black Blade as well. Yeah, I'm quite interested to see his uh, his powers and stuff and how they put him against Thor after the whole Infinity War saga. You know, he's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And plus he'll have a Natalie Portman Lady Thor on his side as well. So you, you don't get the name the God Butcher by not being overpowered, do you? No, you don't get it by not butching some gods either. <laughs> Uh, butching, butching, gods. straight up butching. Yeah. Go the god butching, the the butching. <laughs> anyway, there's some other anyway, stories. There's some other bits. Yeah, the Suicide Squad. Now we talked about this week, uh, last week, um, but this had the biggest US opening day box office since coronavirus hit, and since obviously all the cinemas were shut down and stuff like that. In the US box office, it earned 4.1 million on its opening night, which is also, for an R-rated film, is pretty good as well. Some would say it's a bit of an explosive reaction. (laughs) (laughs) A mind-blowing amount of money. Everyone's glad that it didn't bomb. (laughs) Oh! 
We're loving it. We're absolutely loving it. Um, but it did, in fact, have a smaller opening day box office than Birds of Prey, which sounds like a bit of a clickbaity title to make people think that maybe it wasn't as good as that, but I think it's just because that earned 12.1 million on its opening night. It wasn't R-rated, I don't think. I think it just skirted below the R rating. And also, cinemas hadn't shut down. Like, lots of cinema chains have gone under... People aren't entirely going back to the cinemas and stuff was, like that. Was, so wasn't Birds of Prey pre? Uh, sorry, wasn't it after the fact? Wasn't it one of the? Oh no! What was the film we watched? After? Birds of Prey was just before coronavirus hit. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, because Wonder think. Woman was the first film we watched in the cinema post lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah, but um, we'll have to check the episodes. But yeah, it was it was one of our first episodes, wasn't it? Bird of Prey. Yeah, because we talked about it in person. Did we? Yeah, we recorded that one in person. All right, well, I'll... Uh... Way, way back in the day. Shall we see what episode that was? Woo, yeah. what a throwback. Have, uh... While we keep talking Suicide Squad, I'm going to look for it anyway. Because James Gunn's also come out and uh, said some ruddy big things about it as well. Ruddy big. Ruddy big things about it, he said. So, he's described his opening pitch that he went to Warner Brothers with about it, and he said the film essentially didn't change at all. He took... Um, like looks of what he wanted the characters to look like, like which version of the comic book character he wanted to bring to life and stuff like that, and uh, brought in photos of Starro and everything like that. Yeah, Birds of Prey was episode nine. Oh, it was before we did our little Dark Knight trilogy chat then. Yeah. yeah. Wow, what a throwback. Um, yeah, but the only thing that did change is he said he had a much darker ending to the film. He didn't elaborate on it, but he said that's the only bit of the film that has changed at all was the ending. And I'm going to guess that everybody died. I'm yeah. going to guess that nobody made it out alive. Because <laughs> we didn't have many people make it out alive. No, <laughs> not to spoil it, but yeah, not a lot of people made it out. In the in the Suicide Squad with the name Suicide in the name, not many people made it out alive. No, there wasn't that many suicides, <laughs> though, some would say. <laughs> there wasn't many suicides, no, but there was plenty of deaths. Plenty. They did go on a suicide mission. They did. So they did. Um, so. I've got a quick story. Um, I don't know whether you go saw ahead. this, but um, Jonathan Rinsler, um, one of the executive editors with Lucasfilm Publishing, uh, I thought I'd mention this because uh, obviously Lucasfilm Publishing is a lot of the comic stories from Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Um, he did the making of those books, uh, and unfortunately, he had uh, passed away a couple of week, couple of days oh. ago, which is a bit sad. Um, it's not all, it's not all cheery news, you know. No, not all uh, sad to hear. It's not all big laughs and and um, no, unfortunately, suicide squad jokes and whatever. Shall we keep it on a little bit more of a little downer here then? And um, Disney lawyers have been saying some more shit. Oh God. <laughs> They've said that the um, the lawsuit was uh, an orchestrated PR campaign to ma- force them into writing a check, apparently, is what one of them has said it, to the press. I'm assuming this is um, about the Scarlett Johansson. Yep. Yeah. About Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit. Um, it was Daniel Petro- Petrocilli labels Johansson's Black Widow lawsuit an orchestrated PR campaign to pressure Disney into writing a check. Sorry, what was the name? Uh, it was Daniel Petrucilli. Bless you. 
thank you. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> yeah, uh, just keep your fucking mouth shut at this point. You know what I mean? I mean no amount of public pressure can change or obscure the explicit contractual commitments. The written contract is clear as a bell. Is it though? Otherwise, it wouldn't have even made it to a lawsuit. It would have been kicked out of court before it even became a lawsuit. I mean, wouldn't the thing it? is, right? You know, nobody expected the pandemic to be as crazy as what it was, right? So mm-hmm. we're in a very unprecedented time. So I don't think anyone was expecting for that lawsuit for the contract to cover anything like that. Like no. a contract isn't going to cover in the event of a global pandemic. Blah, 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 well, blah. It wasn't so much the pandemic, though, because they could have done this last year, you know, when it was scheduled to come out. If they had just dropped it entirely on Disney+, Plus, then that probably would have been in some sort of breach of the contract as well. I think it's just the way that they've done, uh, they've aired it at the same time. And this has also led to them changing their plans for the Eternals. The Eternals isn't coming out the same day on Disney+, Plus as it was in cinemas now. So it's coming it's, out on Disney it's Plus. It's exclusive to cinemas for like a week and then it's coming out on Disney Plus, which is what was meant to happen with Black Widow originally. But, I so, mean, The Eternals is definitely going to be one of those like cinema-level films, I reckon. Like It just seems very yeah, grandiose. Definitely. It's like releasing bloody Infinity... Um, not Infinity War. Well, either Infinity War or Endgame. It's like you're not going to choose to watch that at home, are you? You're going to go choose to no. watch that in the cinema. But it, it's funny how they've suddenly changed the plan after this lawsuit has gone ahead. So it's like clearly it's had some sort of impact, but then they're saying that it was like completely like, uh, what was it? I can't think of the word for it, but they said it had no basis and it was just to try and get a paycheck. Wow. And yet it's, they've gone back on the next two film releases. You know what I mean? I mean, they don't have to say that it didn't work. Exactly. Like. They're saying like it, it's completely baseless and everything like that. It's like so. So why have you changed so much? Why have you changed the release of two multi-billion-dollar films? They don't want someone else to take advantage and get a paycheck, Chris. I think that might <laughs> oh, be that's why. That's the thing. That's the thing. But um, it's they've said enough shit now that the Screen Actors Guild president Gabriel Cateres. I apologise, these names are hard today, um, says that Disney should be ashamed of themselves for the way that they've treated Charlotte Johansson and her, her legal team. Bit brutal. And that's the Screen Actors Guild of America, you know what I mean? Woo. Oh dear. They're the ones that give out those fatty awards and stuff. <laughs> God, you don't want to make them unhappy, you won't get any fatty no. awards, you'll just get the thinny awards. It's the, they said Disney should be ashamed on the uh, should be ashamed of themselves for resorting to tired tactics of gender shaming and bullying. Oh dear, oof! Well, it's just throwing all the shade each and every direction. Women are not callous when they stand up for fair pay. Oof! Uh, oof! Oof! Mm. Anyway, we should probably oof. swiftly move on because we are not educated oof. enough to talk about this subject <laughs> right now. Uh, it's just. Just quit while you're ahead, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, Scorpion King is getting a f- big old reboot. Do you remember the Scorpion King? Dwayne the Rock, John C. Owen? I mean, I remember the memes of the Scorpion King. Uh, the terrible CGI. Yeah, well, Scorpion King was in The Mummy 2, wasn't he? But then he also had his own film, um, which didn't have terrible CGI in it. Okay, not so terrible. Um, no. Um, this will not star... 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but he has signed on as an executive producer to help go along with it. And the the first script, um, first like main script, not the spec script, has been handed in now, so it is moving forward. Mm. So heading back to the mummy verse. Mm. I'm excited for that. I love those films. As long as it's not connected to Tom Cruise's The Mummy and it's connected to the Brendan Fraser The Mummy. I mean, it's just all... It'll just start its own mummy verse, Scorpion King and mummy verse. Well, Scorpion King ended up having two straight to DVD sequels as well. Like, <laughs> there's six films in the mummy verse already. Jeez. Well, like, are we talking post Tom Cruise? Are we talking post Scorpion King? Post Scorpion. So we had the three Brendan Fraser films, and in between. Uh, the Mummy two and three, we had a see- uh, We had the Scorpion King and the Scorpion King two, and then after um, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, we had Scorpion King three. And Dwayne the Rock Johnson wasn't in either of the sequels. <laughs> Jesus, well, uh, yeah. straight to DVD. You'd wonder why, wouldn't you? Yeah. Anyway, I love those films. They're so like trashy, but they're great. Good time. Good time. Good old bloody romp. They remind me of a certain film we might be talking about today. Oh, very Anyway, good. Rebecca Ferguson has announced this week that she has wrapped production on Mission Impossible 7. So somehow it's still filming. You mean just... A... <laughs> How much are they filming? You mean the stories we're getting are just that other various actors have wrapped their filming? Yeah. Oh, it's never going to end, is it? Because you, Tom Cruise it's, it's ne- it. Tom Cruise is never going to finish you in he's this never, film. He's never going to wrap his <laughs> you, You'll go into your cinema and halfway through the film, Tom Cruise will crash through the fucking wall filming a new stunt. <laughs> and then they'll hand over an SD card over to the guy with the projector. And after the film ends, it'll give him two more scenes on an SD card. Oh, the film will never end. The final, the, the final cut will be the final stunt. Yes. <laughs> the film is the stunt. <laughs> Oh, maybe he'll be like, uh, maybe he'll be like, um, you know, like in the old Mission Impossible films, like he would get his mission in a weird way and then he'll try to self-destruct. So maybe it's like you watch the film and then you need to get out of the cinema before the credits end because like the, the projector's about to self-destruct or something. I think uh, you'd probably get sued for that. Uh, maybe, but uh, that's something Tom Cruise can pay for because <laughs> he has a lot of money. He funded uh, Mission Impossible pretty much off his own back, didn't he? He has. Why he got so triggered when people weren't following the COVID guidance. Yeah, like, I mean, fair play. Everyone was trying to say he was being a knobhead, but, like, when you're putting down, like, like 25 million to make a film and it's all coming out of your paycheck and, I mean, fair play if people are breaking the rules and affecting people's safety and people's family's safety and stuff like that. You can't really complain, can you? That's a fair bit. If he wants to say to you, wear your fucking mask and do your job. Yes. Where your mask can do your fucking job. A fair bit of personal skin in the game, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> I think you got a hard rap for that. Uh, have you got any more news? I've not got any more news. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit of trailers? The trailer? A single, singular trailer? Or uh, has there been a variety we've got, of trailers? Uh, we've got three trailers. Uh, three. One of them is the Venom Let There Be Carnage trailer, which we will talk about first because that's got some... Ooh, Ooh, some spicy little beats. Some carnage, some may say. It's it, it, there will definitely be carnage. <laughs> I can confirm there will be carnage. Let there be carnage. At least it's polite. Yeah, it's, 
So this trailer showed a hell of a lot more. Uh, it showed a lot more of the interactions between Venom and Carnage. We figured out how the Carnage symbiote comes to be. He uh, takes a big old bite out of Eddie Brock in the in the prison, doesn't he? he? Takes a big old bite of Venom at the same time. I'm assuming he does. Yeah, he's like, oh, that that ain't no normal blood. That's got some. That's got some black alien goop in it. I know, and then it turns into red alien goop. Yeah. So I've heard that apparently it's red because it's the symbiote has better symbiosis with him. Is that is that how? Yeah. So Eddie is kind of like he's still in control of the body, isn't he? Like he's able to like withdraw venom a lot of the time when he wants and stuff like that. And it's a bit more of a partnership. Whereas Cletus Cassidy fully gives himself over to the symbiote Mm. and it basically fuses with him on a molecular level. That's why if you look at venom, he sort of forms around Eddie, doesn't he? He's kind of like floated inside of it. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we see the amazing looking carnage transformation, you see Cletus is like, body breaks down to form carnage that's why he's a lot more fleshy and stuff like that and that's why he's red that's why venom panics so much because he's like oh fuck the, it's a red one like this guy's like hardcore he's like 100 percent symbiote oh that's pretty cool yeah that was quite a funny it, a funny thing of like venom like yeeting away shitting himself yeah and being like no 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 and he, he actually swore as well he's like oh shit nah bro <laughs> <laughs> It's like when it did... just reminds me of that meme. It's like I am about to go beat some guy's ass. And I'll post a video afterwards. Now, nah, well, he's not posting that video. I got my ass kicked. It's like when did when did Deadpool? When did um, Venom become like the Deadpool of Spider Man? <laughs> it literally is, isn't it? It is, yeah. But it looks very exciting, though. It is. Uh, it, it looks a lot better than the first one did. A lot of big action in this, yeah. yeah. Like, it's so nice that you can actually see what's happening in the fight scene. Well, I'm, like, I'm hoping that it you can. I'm hoping it's not just like a mess of CGI. Well, it looked a lot better. It's a lot better lit anyway. They're not fighting in... It's not a black and a very dark grey blob fighting in the dark on the side of a grey spaceship. <laughs> yeah, true. It's also, yeah. uh, I, I love the bits where you see, um, like, Carnage, like, um, there's a there's a shot where he, like, recoils backwards and then all of his, like, tendrils come out and form spikes or whatever. It's mm, really sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do think the church scene's a little bit uh, cheesy, though. You know, where he, like, goes up in front of the uh, the stained glass window? Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's like, just one of those power shots, isn't it? It's, like, yeah. it's like the opposite of the, the Christ-like pose that, like, all action heroes end up doing, you know what I mean? Mm. It, it's sort of like, ooh, let's flip that on the head. It's the villain instead is in this, like, holy Avenger place. Yeah. Um, I think they're taking inspiration from the original Venom run the uh, Absolute Carnage run, mm-hmm. um, and the new... Sorry, not Absolute Carnage, what was that? Uh, yeah, Absolute Carnage. And then whichever the new storyline is, there's a new Carnage storyline that's been going on in the comic books recently where Carnage ends up kind of making a cult out of homeless people, turning them all into like symbiote warriors and stuff like that, and they're all... Um, I don't think they're going to go this far, but in the comic book, they're sort of like praising the the god of the symbiotes where they originally come from, and it, like 
he's kind of like making this cult thing. But I do think we saw in the scenes with the detective and stuff, we've seen on the map, they're in the Tenderloin district of San Francisco, which has got like the highest um, homeless population in all of San Francisco. And we've like, he's got loads of dots, like things are happening. So maybe he's going to be indoctrinating some homeless people and using them as weapons and stuff or Mm. feeding off them. Maybe. Yeah, probably more so feeding off them. Yeah. Prison Break looks cool as well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all looks very cool. Yeah. It's um and yeah. like I say, we we talk a lot about like when a film isn't as good the first time round and the sequel tends to be a little bit better, or we always hope the sequel's going to be better. And we always yeah. hope that like they've learned from the problems that the first one's had. So it looks like they definitely have like the first one was like okay largely, but the the action scenes a lot of them like towards the end of the film left a lot to be desired it was mostly the villain was a bit lackluster like the rest of the film was pretty all right mm-hmm. um whereas they learned from that and they focus this one heavily around the villain haven't they so yeah it's easier with the sequel because you don't need to set up the lead character you don't need to set up venom in this yeah he's so you are so... able to focus on the villain mm-hmm. i think that's kind of what benefited like spider-man 2 back in the day spider-man was already established he already had like drama and stakes and everything like that so it was like let's build up doc ock and it worked really well stuff like that Mm -hmm. very cool anyway the next trailer we have got is for annette so this is the uh marion courtyard and adam driver film it's i think it's a musical i was struggling to tell Uh, original original story and music um, so I'm guessing it's kind of a musical about a stand-up musical comedy performer or something like that, and a musician uh, having weird old times in Hollywood and stuff by the looks of it. Uh, yeah, uh, provocative stand-up comedian Adam Driver and his wife, world-famous soprano Marion Cotillard, their glamorous life takes an unexpected turn when their daughter Annette is born, a girl with a unique gift. Oh, I didn't see that mm. in the trailer. The trailer didn't give that away. But this won the, the grand prize at uh, the Cannes, Festi- uh, Cannes Film Festival. Um, so it's a big old ruddy romp in it. It's Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard. Like, that... Ooh, ooh, to... Absolute titans. Um, <laughs> this is coming out at the end of the month on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I think it might be the 20th or the 30th. Uh, it's not actually telling me on here. 6th of August, U- uh, 6th of August, US limited release date, which is yesterday. And then Amazon Prime Video on the 20th of August. There we go. Very cool. Yeah, it looks visually stunning. And I mean, it, we all love Adam Driver, and I personally love Marion Cotillard. I think she's one of the greatest actresses working to date. So, is your next yeah. trailer going to be another film with Adam Driver in it? Uh, it's 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 not. Uh, which which trailer have you got with Adam oh, Driver? in Oh, I think we spoke about it last week. The House of Gucci trailer. Yeah, we spoke about it last yes. week. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one is for actually a film that aired. It's a BBC film. That aired on TV on the 17th of June, and I didn't see anything about this. I completely missed it. Um, but it's being released in, sh- in cinemas now. This is called Together. It's got James McAvoy and Sharon Horgan. Um, they're basically a couple in lockdown together, and their relationship is very much on the rocks. But it's kind of like 
um, fly on the wall almost. So they're actually like kind of breaking the fourth wall at times as well, talking directly to the camera about how they're suffering through lockdown and being claustrophobic. And um, the the characters are just called he, she, and they have Artie, which is their son. It's mm-hmm. just the three of them in the one house for the entire film. Um, the female character's uh, mother, I believe, is dying in hospital at the same time. And obviously, they're all in lockdown, stuff like that. The relationship was already on the rocks before lockdown hit and stuff. It seems, like, really fucking interesting. And James McAvoy is, like, flexing a bit of his comedy chops in this as well, though it seems very serious. Like, he's able to bring some comedy to it. Um I'm really excited to watch this. If it's on BBC, if it aired it on BBC in the UK, I'm guessing it's going to be available on iPlayer now. Yeah. Um. So if you're in the UK, take a look at that. If you, I don't know if you can get iPlayer in the US. I know you have BBC America, but I don't know if you can access iPlayer over uh, there. You've got um, bloody but, VPNs, so maybe. You do have bloody VPNs, of which none of them are currently sponsoring us, which I don't know why. <laughs> they sponsor every other fucker. <laughs> but this is being released theatrically in the US on August 27th, so I'm assuming you can't watch it over there at the moment, unless, like you said, maybe you can VPN it and get it on iPlayer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, it seemed like a bloody good old film. Well, uh, maybe have to wait and see when you can talk about yeah. it and what you've been watching. It felt, it felt very much like a British version of Marriage Story in lockdown. Hmm. That's sounds, exactly what it felt like. Sounds horrible yet nice. <laughs> yeah, sounds traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounds the exact right amount of depressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The type of depression where at the end of it you're like, "I'm glad I went through that," but also not for a while. No. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, main subject. Yeah, sorry, I was... Uh... <laughs> I thought you had cut out then, I thought the call dropped out. No, I was just having a uh, little yawn then. A <laughs> little yawny yawny. Very quiet little yawn to myself. Um, so, let's talk shall about we move on? Go down river and... Up river. Join the Jungle Cruise. The Jungle Cruise indeed. Like you mentioned earlier, it is based off the... Disney theme park attraction from, I think it's in Florida, and I think they've got a version of it in the Anaheim one as well, Uh, but the original one was in Florida. Uh, So this is, what, the third franchise? Fourth film film franchise, sorry, that we've got based off Disney attractions. So we obviously had Pirates of the Caribbean was the original. We've had Haunted Mansion. Mm -hmm. Then we had Tomorrowland. And... And then this, I believe that's, I believe that's all the ones that we've had based off Disney theme park attractions. But this was a bloody good old jolly good old journey down the river, wasn't it? it I was. really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was just a good like. It was just fun, really, wasn't it? It was. It was. Def- it, was a, it was. Oh, it was. It felt very like Spielbergian to me. Yeah, it was definitely one of um, Dwayne Johnson's. Uh, Better acting ex- acting films as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was maybe due to him being opposite Emily Blunt? And Emily Blunt is a good actress who can nail like a lot. Like she's been casting a lot of roles similar to this lately. Um, but 
she absolutely nails like this type of character. So do you reckon that raised the rocks? Uh, like acting, he like had to rise to the occasion. I think she kind of raised the acting of everyone around her. I think she she also... definitely raised Jack Whitehall's like yeah, <laughs> definitely because he's got like next to no acting really when you think about it. <laughs> but um, it's a big step up from bad education, isn't it? It is a big step up. Yeah, yeah, and also um, what's it called? Um, thingy with my dad or whatever that you did. Uh, holiday, not holiday with my dad. Trips with my dad. Journeys with my dad, something like that. Either way, I thought it was really funny. I tweeted this out. I thought he was just playing a version of his dad in this film. Like, he wears the exact same clothes. He talks the exact same way and everything. I was like, fucking hell. Like, Jack Whitehall has just become Michael Whitehall. Yeah, that's definitely where he's got his uh, inspiration from, I reckon. Also, the first openly gay character in a Disney film. We've had other ones that haven't been, like, openly explicitly gay. Um in live action. Um we had the uh, who was it? The guy who owned the shop in Frozen. Um, he was gay, but that was an animated one. Hans was it? The snowman? No, the the guy that owned the shop. <laughs> uh, no. It was just a guy. I think his name was Hans. <laughs> okay, great. Woohoo cool. family <laughs> Um yeah. Anyway. So yeah, no spoilers, obviously. And we'll talk no. about we'll spoil the ending of the film and other bits yeah time codes in the description um yeah i do i do think emily blunt was kind of like she was she was very much like the standout actress in the film she was like way mm-hmm. way 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 above everybody else apart from maybe jesse Plemons. like jesse Plemons was really good in this as well like, i really enjoyed him like, like yeah it's nice to see him playing like a different type of villain. He's been playing like a few villains lately and stuff like that, but being like, like a bit of a campy villain at the same time, I really enjoyed. Like it felt, it felt like Indiana Jones meets Pirates of the Caribbean, which I think is what they were going for. Yeah. So like they had a German villain in it, <laughs> like he, all the Indiana Jones films. Yeah, because he was the um, he was he was like a funny villain. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was like a um, when you have like a, an old Nintendo game kind of villain. That's what he reminded me of. <laughs> yeah, a proper like family friendly villain. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from that first scene, he comes across a little bit like very less family friendly right at the beginning, and then he's yeah, just kind think... of a bit of a joke throughout. Then once he meets the bee man, then then he goes a bit kooky, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's when he goes a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, Paul Jim, I, Paul Giamatti was also quite funny in this. Yeah, he he wasn't in it enough. But speaking of Paul Giamatti, the Jaguar was it just me or did the special effects on the Jaguar get better as the film went on? Like that first scene in the cafe, it looked a bit janky, but then as it went on, it got a lot better. That CGI. Yeah, the the jankiest parts of the CGI were when the uh, the weird like bee snake men mud men appeared. That was like where it got. I a didn't bit think janky. that was too bad actually. Oh, it stuck out like, a bit of a sore thumb for me when it first came on. I mean, that's just because like they're not like <laughs> nobody looks like that, do they? Like they're missing half the heads and stuff like that. Like it's because it's so like it's the uncanny valley isn't it like they're meant to look humanoid but they're missing the like fundamental human features mm. so i think that's why because like they look just as good as this the like shark people and stuff from pirates of the caribbean um 
So yeah, I, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't really stand out to me. It was mostly the Jaguar. I just didn't think they could land the lighting right on the fur. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um. I still think the best film that did anything like that was the Jungle Book movie. Oh yeah. Well, that entire thing, like that, you had to get the animals right for that, didn't you? Mm. That was. Awesome. I still haven't watched the live action Lion King yet. So I haven't watched it. Oh, that's a bit weird. That's a bit... Uh... <laughs> the quote-unquote quote unquote live action. Because The Lion King is one of my favourite Disney films, and everyone said it was dog shit, so I was like, well, I don't want to watch a dog shit version of one of my favourite films. No, I don't think it was dog shit. I think it was just a bit, like, just a bit odd. Like, it is a bit weird how there's no emotion on any of the creatures' faces, and it's like you're, you're having the moment in the... In the film where Mufasa dies, and it's like that lion just don't look assed. <laughs> it sounds sad in its voice, but it doesn't look sad. No, it looks exactly no. like how it did when it was lifted at the top of the rock. Yeah, and kind of like didn't they get rid of some of like the best songs as well? And I'm like, mm. Mm. you can't beat the charm of the animated original one. No. Anyway, back to Jungle Cruise. Right. <laughs> So, just to understand, the Jungle Cruise ride is literally just a Jungle Cruise, isn't it? There's nothing... It's literally the bit that when he's taking tourists around at the beginning of the film, that is what the Jungle Cruise is. Right, okay. So, there's nothing to do with a healing petal or or a Nazi in a U-boat. There's nothing to do with that. No. No, it's just got, like, animatronic animals and stuff like that. Okay, great. And waterfalls. Because I was thinking this must be some crazy ass ride. Like, <laughs> no, but I wouldn't be surprised if after this they didn't update some stuff to give it some story. Because they have done that in the past. Like, they constantly update Pirates of the Caribbean to update like the characters and the story and plot like that. Yeah. And they've added Captain Jack in it since then and stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me because, like we discussed last week, there is already a sequel in talks for this. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they did bank a little bit heavier on it and ended up giving the ride some of the the film flair. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of yeah. cool. I mean, I've yeah. not been on the original Jungle Cruise, but it would kind of be nice to. I mean, it'd make it more unique anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. I I thought this film was really charming. And visually, it was really nice, like the vistas in it and stuff like that. It was like this, although it's like entirely CGI, it looks really fucking good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, it felt it felt like a classic adventure film. Like I said, like Spielberg or something like that, Indiana Jones. The comedy, I just really enjoyed it. The comedy was good in this as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some quality puns in there. I love a good pun. Oh, there was a lot of dad jokes in there. <laughs> the the jokes were fundamental to the story, mm. I think. I, um, uh, there was something weird about some of the chemistry on screen. <laughs> it Something just felt a little bit weird about it, and I'll talk about that probably in spoilers. To me, between like some of our leads. Yeah. It, did you think that felt a little bit forced to begin with? It did, yeah. I think it felt yes. forced. Yeah, it kind of felt like they were just kind of ticking a box almost. It's like, oh, got to do that. And I was like, nah, do we? It's almost like <laughs> do we? got to have a little bit of this in the storyline, you know, yeah. because you can't have it without it, God forbid. I liked that 
the characters actually had some depth to them as well. Like Disney seemed to be like actually writing characters and stuff a lot better. Um, this was also a little bit darker in places than I thought it was going to be as well. Like you don't normally see, other than Pirates of the Caribbean, you don't normally see a lot of people getting killed and slashed with swords and stuff like that. And there's a fair bit of that in this. I was like, whoa. Yeah, there was, okay. a, there was a fair bit. Like right at the beginning, especially like takes you out of nowhere. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody's done like an Easter egg breakdown and there's like connections to the Pirates of the Caribbean or something in this. Like, it felt very much in the same world as that, didn't it? I would love which to see, I enjoyed because uh... I've missed films like that. It felt like it felt like Aquaman to me almost. Like, like I enjoyed that because it felt like an adventure film. It wasn't just like villain fight hero wins like mm. there was a journey there was an adventure you see all these cool different places and stuff like that and i kind of miss that from films nowadays you don't really get many films like that whereas when we were growing up i felt like there was like a new one every week you know what i mean mm. so it was good True. it made me really want to rewatch the pirates films yeah it definitely does have that same kind of vibe and not just because it's based on a like a, a a ride in Disney World or whatever, it's got a little bit. It had, it had stuff to it. It had legs. I think this was probably the second or third best Disney theme park film. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably Curse of the Black Pearl is probably the number one. Then maybe Dead Man's Chest or At World's End. Yeah, and then this. This is definitely better than Tomorrowland. It's better than Haunted Mansion, although Eddie Murphy is funny in that. Um, it's definitely better than the newer Pirates films, which are still good, you know. Like they're not the best films in the world, but they're they're a bloody good time while you're watching it. I mean, you know what you're getting from it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Shall we talk about spoilers and get onto it? Yeah, yeah, because there there is a lot to spoil in this. I, I don't think we've even discussed what the story is at all. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll jump into spoilers and we'll tell you what the story is as we go through it. So there's a magical healing leaf. The heals everything. The this magic tree hidden in the Amazon, which it felt like like we couldn't just have a movie about jungle cruising. <laughs> <laughs> well, where would the thrill and adventure and everything come from? It's just like you were just you were just about to turn and go the safe way down the river, wouldn't you? It felt like you have that hat of like pre-built movie plots, and that you chose just to do this one and then put it in the Amazon. Yeah. But I mean, it didn't. It didn't feel forced or anything. It, it felt like it worked. No. So yeah, they. Um, Emily Blunt's character is trying to become like a professor, and she wants to help heal people with the help of this plant and stuff like that. Um, so she steals the arrowhead that you need to find it or the maps say that you need this arrowhead to find it yada 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 so she heads to the amazon she employs the help of our our little scamp our little scoundrel um Dwayne the rock johnson oh i thought you was on about jack whitehall and his help right at the beginning of the film <laughs> no no i meant when we got to the amazon so yeah she takes brother along jack whitehall um who I thought he had a he had a good arc in this as well. Um, he didn't. I I was worried a little bit up until like the halfway point. I was like, is it going to be a bit of a cliche? Like, is this going to be a little bit of a caricature? And then now nah, they actually pulled him round and like helped him stand on his own two feet and stuff like that, which I thought was very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they head to the Amazon. 
They're being followed by like a German prince who wants to help his soldiers win the First World War because this is set in 1916. Um, Don't say his name wrong because he'll kill you. <laughs> I could not tell you what his name is if you asked me to. Prince I could not tell you Joachim. what his Answer Joachim. Yeah. Um, so they're getting followed by a pseudo-Nazi and they're just doing the do down the jungle cruise. Then it's the classic, it's not here, it was here type thing. <laughs> that arrowhead some shenanigans issue. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. and then they find a big old tree, they have a big old bust up, they do some final river cruising. Also there's weird men made out of snakes and 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 bees and what was the other guy made out of? Mud. Twigs. Wood. Twigs. Yes, yes. And then the other one was made out of that. You could mud. say they were B list heroes or villains. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. The puns keep rolling. Um, um, so, so yeah, let's get into the nitty gritty of it. That's ta- the plot. Talking about the chemistry between Emily Blunt and D- Dwayne Johnson, that just felt so forced. Yeah, like the early sort of glances and stuff like that just like came out, and you know, like when they're arguing, it's like you wouldn't fall for someone while you're arguing like that. No. Like some of the bits later on, I could understand. You know, like the bit with like the filming and stuff like that, and when they're talking and he's playing guitar, stuff like that felt okay. But it was like the earlier glances, and you know, like oh, the 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 boat hit a bump and she falls into his arms and stuff. I was like. All right, give it a rest. <laughs> I think the biggest I could have done uh, without those bits. The biggest reason she fell for him is because he was that bloody cartographer the whole time, probably. Yeah, yeah, she's been admiring his work and stuff. I love, and also he because he's that. a strapping old gent, isn't he? He's, a very he's got old the big gent. muscles. He is. He's four hundred years old. <laughs> that that plot twist, I I only saw come in. I saw that coming as soon as he got stabbed, and I was like, "This is way too in the early in the film, and there's no way she's gonna find the tree without his help." Because I thought I was like, "Oh, she could go get a petal and then come back and revive him," but I was like, "It's way too early in the film. There's no way she's getting there without him." Was so you, I was like, "Was you a bit?" Like... I was like, "He's he's an immortal weird <laughs> demon, isn't he? A demon." <laughs> Were you a bit like, what the hell, when that happened still, though? And I was a bit like, wait, what? Yeah, I was, I was a little bit shooketh. I was like, oh! But, like, I had just started to figure it out just before that, like, a couple of little hints. And I was like... And then that happened, I was like, he, he's, he's got to be, isn't he? He's got to be. That's because everything's got to be connected. Also, like, so they give him, like, the flashbacks of, like, the story. So at the beginning of the film, you see, like what the uh, conquistadors did and, like, all the atrocities that they did and stuff like that, setting up, like, one of the villains. And then when we found out that The Rock is one of the conquistadors, but he had a moral change of heart and stuff like that, where they tried to bring some context to the stories and stuff, like he was doing it all for his daughter and stuff like that. We get, we have a few scenes with The Rock with hair, and I've never felt so uncomfortable watching something on screen. <laughs> I, I did at first think it was another actor. At the very beginning, it reminded <laughs> yeah. me of the guy who plays the um, the dad in Shazam. Uh, oh, the guy from The Walking Dead. Yeah, it reminded me of him yeah. a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah, when he's got his long hair, yeah. Mm. It just felt weird seeing him in a wig, and I was like, oof, oof, <laughs> oof. You know a- when some people just look better bald, it's like Jason Statham should not have hair. Yeah, The Rock is a very, very bald man. Oh, 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 oh. Have you ever seen Vin Diesel early on in his career when he had hair? No, but I feel like I absolutely need to now. Oh, search it right now. It's so uncomfortable. He played like a lawyer in a film and he had like hair. It's like, oof. It's like um, Bruce Willis when he started to go bald. Like, it's that kind of hair that he had. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, is that his hair? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's his hair or a wig, but oh, there's he's... certain people that should not have hair. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't need hair. <laughs> It's going to be like one of those things, like talking to your therapist. Vin Diesel with hair can't hurt you. He's not real Vin Diesel with hair. <laughs> That's a real... It's going to uh, haunt your dreams. It doesn't look right. It looks like John Travolta. <laughs> it's just weird, isn't it? Anyway, back to the film. Uh, this should just be like... There should be a film of all the bald people, and they all have flashbacks all about how they had hair. It could be like uh, Lex Luthor, how he's pissed off at Superman because he lost his hair because of Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, the conquistadors and stuff. I was really uncomfortable with the snake man. The other guys didn't bother me, but the snake guy, when you could see the snake smoothing under his skin, made me feel a little bit sick. We were talking about that scene where everyone was vomiting and it made people feel sick. I was like, like that that is what it is. I could do without the cat vomiting at the end, but the cat getting drunk was pretty funny because one of my <laughs> dogs got drunk. Uh, like My mum put Sorry? a glass of Bailey's down next to the couch. and my, my, No, not Ollie. Because <laughs> you imagine Ollie drunk. No, Jesus. I was like, I said sorry because I was like, oh. what? <laughs> I thought you said Ollie talking about my dog Ollie. I was like, nah, he, he could do without the booze. But yeah, my mum put like a glass of Bailey's down and the dog just lapped the entire thing up before we realised what happened. And it went through all the stages of being like hyper drunk like sluggish needed a kebab and then fallen asleep and it woke up hungover all in the space of like three hours it was hilarious i I was like one of the funniest new years i've ever had humans could do with going that in the space of three hours and getting that out of the way (laughs) it was so funny yeah so the cat vomited i was like okay i kind of get it but i could have done without it yeah but that wasn't nearly as bad for me as the snakes underneath the guy's skin that was like the worst part was is the totally legitimate version version of i was watching the film it had no subtitles <laughs> for any of those bits so i was like it, what did you turn the subtitles on no because the, the, the oh okay no it didn't have that so so my completely legitimate version of this had i could put subtitles on but i also had the english ones on as well but yeah i had like the first time they were talking i was like i think yeah, oh it was when the rock was talking to the the um the the tribe and i was like is this is this meant to have subtitles i was like is this is but then he started describing it so i was like oh maybe it didn't and then when the conquistadors like i thought maybe they were just going to say one line and they wouldn't translate it because we're not meant to know what they're saying but then no they were having a full-on conversation i was like 
Oh, oh, there should definitely be subtitles. So I turned them on, but then I had the English subtitles for the rest of the film as well. Yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty weird to not ha- understand a single word that was going on. Because there was bits where Jesse Plemons, I was like, is this character speaking German? And am I meant to understand this? And I was like, uh, uh, yeah. The bit where he couldn't say jungle was really funny. <laughs> but the joke didn't land as well because they had subtitles on. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but that bit was funny. I liked that. Is there anything else you want to talk about with this film? Um, uh, uh, there was. Uh, should we talk about the ending? The um, the total bait and switch that was absolutely uh, going to happen. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I did like the fact that they were tied to the river. Yeah. That made it so that it, like, it gave limitations to him almost, because otherwise they would have been like... They would have just killed all of them, like, in two minutes, wouldn't they? Yeah. Like, I really liked that thing. It felt like the whole, like, um, the bit in the Blackpool where they're all skeletons and the the curse and they can't die and all that sort of stuff. They can't eat, they can't do anything like that. I did wonder where I'd seen something like that before. Yeah. It it is very much Pirates of the Caribbean. But um, I think it worked well and it added, like, a bit of depth to it. So it's like you had two villains and it wasn't just like, right, you're all fucked from the word go type thing um and it meant that they couldn't overuse them either mm-hmm. um so yeah at the ending obviously we know that the rock is immortal at this point as well not anymore though and then uh, not anymore though because he had that he had that bloody had that bloody petal didn't he he did he had a well, snack. i don't know they 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 leave that a little bit unresolved don't they but i think he can I? I was wondering if maybe he would have the petal and he would just like become four hundred years old and just like croak it. Oh my god! Could um, you imagine they wasted the petal and he just like became older but still trapped in stone? Yeah, well, that's the thing because I I didn't see the bit of him getting trapped in stone coming, but that was nice that he sacrificed the boat to stop the water, knowing that he would like in two more four of them into the water. I thought that was pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Also, the the effects of people falling from very big heights, like that was another thing that I thought was quite dark for a Disney film. Like there was some hard impacts on some very sharp rocks. You know Oof. what I mean? And like, yeah, yeah. And his character had a thing of like whenever he fell off something, he would always like hump onto a, a, a like a branch first before he fell yeah, into yeah. the river. It's like yeah. he would always get like one twoed by his fall. <laughs> oosh, 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 yeah. onto a rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I did enjoy, I think the sacrifice I could see coming a million miles away, but it didn't make it any less, uh, any less impactful because, uh, the, the one bit that didn't work for me in this film, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, Emily Blunt's fear of swimming. She got over that very quick, didn't she? Yeah, that was a bit weird. <laughs> she got over that very, very fast. Yeah. <laughs> she just jumped in the water. She had one little splash and then all of a sudden she, she could swim underwater, breathe, like... They're, they're, oh, we got the kiss in there so that they could share things. Oh, she's like, oh, don't don't you kiss me. So she punches him in the face underwater. He's like, trying to give you some fucking air, bitch. But he's immortal <laughs> but was, and he doesn't need air. Yeah, she was only panicking because she was running out of air. She wasn't panicking about the fact of swimming, was she? No, no, that was it. Like, she got over it very quickly. That was very convenient. It was just a thing. It was just character development. That's all that was yeah, there for. Somebody had to be afraid of swimming, didn't they? <laughs> Someone had to be afraid of water on the jungle cruise. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I thought yeah. it all worked really well, actually. 
I think Except it was for, fine. like you said, a little bit forced romance at the beginning. But if they had just introduced that later on in the film, then it would have been okay because like they started to build on it, but they just started it too early. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought it was fine. It's probably a film that I won't watch again. Probably. Oh but, no! I mean, Charles was saying earlier we would watch this again. I yeah. like adventure films like this. Yeah, but I think it's like a one and done for me. Okay. Would you watch the sequel to it though? I would watch a sequel, but probably just watch it the once and be done with it. <laughs> okay. 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 So yeah, that's our review on Jungle Cruise. Anyway, do you want to give it a score rating? Uh, I will give it seven snakes under skin out of ten. <laughs> oh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that feels like a negative review. <laughs> <laughs> I would give it seven Jaguars being sick out of ten. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. <laughs> I think it's definitely the snakes under the skin. For no, me. I don't know. It could be the Jaguars being sick. <laughs> That didn't bother me too much, but... Anyway, let us know what you all thought of Jungle Cruise, and you can let us know on our socials at GetRealPod across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to get in touch via email to let us know what you thought of it, you can email us at GetRealPodUK at gmail.com. Yes, and if you want to support the co- uh, if you want to support the podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. If you go to wherever you listen to us and leave us a rate and review on there, whether it be Apple Music, uh, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, the it's Apple, uh, Apple Podcast, not Apple Music, isn't it? Um, uh, Deezer, iHeartRadio, we're on literally anywhere that you can get a podcast. Uh, or if you want to head over onto Podchaser, leave us a rate. Or, Rate and review on there. I can't talk today, apparently. Um, it syndicates it to all our other podcast distributors. It's like a big old one-two of logs and stones to the face. Uh, <laughs> uh, or, if you want it, you can head over to our socials, share our socials around with people. When you see us posting stuff on Instagram, just add it to your story or something like that. Tell one friend about us, tell two friends about us, retweet us on Twitter, stuff like that. Just help us grow. Uh, but yeah. Also, don't forget to check out our sister podcast, Get Real Gaming. The boys over there are doing some great stuff. They've been talking about the new uh, Halo Infinite um, beta recently. Don't know what they're talking about this week. Probably still Halo because they're both still hyped on it. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening, guys. And we'll see you guys on our next cruise, which is departing in a roughly one week's time. Very good. <laughs> That was a long pause. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to figure out what sound that cruise ship made, but I don't think it actually had a horn. Oh, the one bit I'm just remembering now. They clearly don't know how a steamboat works at all, because the fact that that had a rudder at the back, which is where all the power is coming from, and that was fully hanging off the side of a waterfall. So from the front of it... It had zero power or steering, and it managed to pull itself back up a waterfall. I was like, okay, that's a bit far for me, thank you. Also, steamboats are the most underpowered thing in the fucking world. It could not go that fast. For the boat talk was Suspension Chris. of disbelief. Here's, here's his next podcast, Boat Talk. Yeah. Get real boat.